Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. On today's episode of Cameron Reads Comics, my friend Hannah and I are talking about our favorite stuff from 2020. This includes movies, television, music, podcasts, and most importantly, comics. So, as we send off 2020, we will remember all of the great pop culture content that it gave us, which was a lot. Also, at the end of the show, we have a major announcement for the future of Cameron Reads Comics, and just to warm you up, I dropped a bonus episode of the podcast today as well. So, after you listen to this episode, go check out my Superman Secret Origin episode with my friend, Reagan Sickle. Remember to go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cameron Reads Comics, and be sure to please, please, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Now, here is your episode about our favorite things of 2020. So now that that's worked out, hi Hannah, welcome hi. back. Thanks for having me. You're always welcome here. And oh my gosh, what now that we've reflected on how abruptly I guess your 2021 has started, let's talk about 2020. How does that sound? That sounds great. <laughs> I would like to know though why, when you've had Jesse on like for three times, he got to be your partner in crime, and I'm just welcome back. Yeah, pretty much. I just really want to, okay. there's a disparity there and I'm not, I'm going to let you be the judge of why and how. That's fair. Okay. I feel like, I feel like I never come out likable at the end of our episodes. So. Ours? Yeah. Cause I'm like, Hey Hannah, you suck from me. And here's, here's our intro. It's usually an embarrassing story or a factoid about you. Uh, well, that's us all the time. You know, welcome. Welcome to 2021. All right. With <laughs> Hannah and Cameron. Um, so today's episode is going to be actually a special episode. Um, we've actually been kind of preparing this for a long time. And so I like, we're just going to talk about our favorite stuff, favorite pop culture that happened in 2021. And we are so excited to do that because frankly, 2021 was a year of sitting on our couch and doing, uh, or 2020 was a year of sitting on our couch and hanging out, watching stuff. At least for me, I read a lot mm -hmm. of comics, watched a lot of TV. So yeah. And Hannah is actually today going to find out the mystery we've been talking oh about. Oh my God, I can't wait. The mystery of what my favorite 2020 television show was, which is actually, I I think, pretty anticlimactic. But, you know, we'll get there when we get there. So well, he, You kept saying, you'll know it, you know it, you know it. You and, I, and I would, like, be at home and then something would come to mind and I'd be like, that's what it is. And then I would text you and be like, no. Like, yeah. I, the mystery, I have no idea. I've gone through everything that I, that we've that I think we've talked about. Yeah. You have, but you missed one, and we'll talk about it. It's gonna be great. You're gonna be it's, so excited. You're, you're gonna be excited, but you're just gonna be like, "Oh, that's what's gonna happen." Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Okay. So first one, we so we also have a couple categories. We have 2020, and then we have quarantine yeah. because obviously not a lot was released this year. But also, like we, I don't know, like we had a lot of time to go into the archives. Yeah, but I think I don't know. On top of everything else, too, like. As I watch movies in a year, like any movie in any year, I watch something that wasn't released that year and I right. end up liking it a ton. So I really want to, for those, we're just going to consider that the quarantine. So I guess let's go into, do we want to do television shows first? Let's just do it, baby. Let's do it. Hannah, what was your favorite television show of 2020? Okay, well, this was the one that Cameron said we've been preparing for this for a long time, which is true. But I am still not prepared for this one category. So... Because I could not, I think I've texted you like eight times being like, is it released in 2020? Does it have to be a brand new TV show in 2020? Could it just be a new season? And like, I had so many subcategories that I yeah. like couldn't quite nail down. So I broke it into my own categories, which is like mini series or like new show of 2020. And I think I landed on Queen's Gambit. Is oh my wow, that's you're not. That's not an unpopular choice. I know, which is why I didn't want to pick that one. If I'm being honest, because everyone's like, it's the best. But it was really good. I really enjoyed it. However, I also really liked Normal People on Hulu, which is less popular. Really? Not a lot of people had seen it, but I really loved it. 
That's good. Well, okay, so what about Queen's Gambit? Honestly, I really, I'm, I'm like so glad that show though is as popular as it is because I think Anya Taylor Joy is amazing and oh, she's, so, amazing, she's in, amazing in so much stuff. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh man, Queen's Gambit, she's so good. And I'm like, has I'm like, any, have you seen Split? Have you seen Thoroughbreds? Like she's amazing. Oh, yeah, I forgot she's like literally she yeah. kills it. So I'm glad. And then uh, anything, any standout performances in that that really just okay. resonated? Yeah, and I should have looked up the guy's name because I don't know what it is. But uh, the guy who plays Benny Watts. Yes. Yeah. Just isn't it? It's just like <laughs> we have watched him grow up, and I am. Wait, tell them why. Tell them what you are citing him from, or why he grew up from. Well, he started in Love Actually. <laughs> I'm sure he was in stuff before that, but for no, Hannah... <laughs> he started in Love Actually. Oh, my God. And then he was in Nothing, and then he was... I mean, he was, obviously, but in, in my world, <laughs> I, he was just the sweetest little boy in love, in Love Actually, and then he was in Game of Thrones, yeah. and then he was in, in Queen's Gambit, and it's like each role is just like a little snippet of like where he is in his life, yeah. and then I was like... I feel like I'm maybe attracted to him and I'm not even maybe Hannah. weird about it because I was like, again, I've watched him grow up. Oh my god. Now it's just weird, but I'm like, I dig his Benny character. Yeah. So that was really fun to watch. Um but yeah, the acting was really good and then like the story was so good and the season or well, I guess probably the series finale was like they just like wrapped it all up so beautifully and she like goes back to the home that she started at and like the guy who taught her how to play chess. It was just it was so sweet. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think, you know, as if you guys want to hear Hannah talk about self destructive people, go check out our episode on My Heroes Were Always Junkie because we know she's a fan. This theme in my life is every time I come on the podcast I'm reminded how yeah. intertwined I am with those storylines. It's such a problem of mine. And it's like Hannah's not for frankly for someone who knows her she's not self-destructive so to see Thank or, you. except for at the beginning of 2021 apparently. <laughs> but um anyways okay so Hannah do you think you're ready for my favorite TV show? I'm so ready. And remember uh, fans friends these are shows that were released in 2020. Yes. Hannah was the one who actually got me to watch this show too. So Oh my god. I and frankly, if it wasn't for quarantine, this is technically a quarantine watch. But if it wasn't for quarantine, I don't think I would have watched it. But I am so, so, so glad. It is an FX TV series. It is Dave. Oh my God, Dave uh, featuring Little Dicky. It's pretty much the Little Dicky like show. It's ten episodes on Hulu. How did um, I forget about Dave? I know, Hannah. It was absolutely one hundred percent. The best show I watched this year. It's so funny. It is so, but it's like, it's not just funny. It is so smart. It is so Mm -hmm. earnest. Like his attempt is to be, I think, not, not entirely, but like his, you can see that his intent is to try and be like the Seinfeld of hip hop. Yeah. And I think that show, you can see that the it's a love letter to Seinfeld and you can see like, you know, he, he inserts so much of himself in it and I just found it so endearing and like. I don't know, like re- obviously relatable because he it, it's not even just like it's it's a hilarious show, but well, also there's it's, so many layers to that show. I know. And like really like like the episode with Gator that I remember yeah. when you saw you were like, oh, my God, that episode was like hit so hard. I think it was like one of the best television episodes yeah. I've ever seen. I loved the episode. At the when they go to her, her sister's wedding. Oh, and the speech that his girlfriend gives, I was like, I'm going to cry. I'm gonna, Dave, I'm going to cry in Dave right now. But even the opening and ending scenes of that episode, too, because it's like them. It's scene. them, him recording. Oh, and her saying, we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah. They like sing together on auto yeah, 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 And then yeah, yeah, he yeah. he plays it at the end. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I love a show like that, that like really sneakily. Yeah. Like gets you in the feels. It, it And it's not like overwhelming either. Mm-hmm. And he. He really leans into artistic creativity. I just was really amazed by that show. Yeah. And so I actually watched it through twice, and I'll most likely watch most, through yeah, it. Most likely the, watch it again. The rewatchability of it, too, is just so smart in the situations. I'm just like, I was um, like, like floored by how yeah. amazing that show was. Well, and because they're shorter episodes, I feel like it's super digestible. Like, it's yeah. like you just, it's not, you're not committing to yeah. anything too intense it's like half an hour but it's like yeah it's a powerful half hour it's like yeah it's uh i don't know i think it's 10 episodes like five hours of content max so man okay i'm actually surprised that that is your favorite not i just didn't i just kind of forgot about it but i just forgot about it on to like even put on my list to consider 
I just had to look up what was released in 2020, and I just remember that and a couple other things were released. So, Hannah, yeah. our next category, because we break it down into regular stuff, and we break it down into comic books. Wait, stuff. can I give an honorable mention to yeah. the final season of Shit's Creek? Yeah. That's all that what I... What about it? Just, it was... It was everything I wanted it to be. And I've been watching that show since, like, pretty much since it started. Like, I didn't really binge it. Like, I've been probably watching it since the first season was released. Maybe the second. Um, And, like, the final seasons of things are recently garbage. <laughs> and uh, I think I think I know what we're talking about, a certain HBO series. Mm, yeah, but that's not the only one. There's just people have been doing a bad job at wrapping up series, it seems like. And they freaking nailed it with Shit's Creek. Like, it was so good. And I was, like, su- uh, kind of like Dave. I It's such a lighthearted show with so many, like, feel-good layers to it. And, like, I I mean, it's I think it's the funniest show right, right now. But I was, like, I was sobbing at the end. Like, it was so mm-hmm. – but not in, like, a bad way. Like, as long as somebody dies. And then you're – it's just, like, it was so good. And you just love those characters so much. And, like, then they have a special where they do – I think it's like an hour long and they like show you the filming of the last season. And I was like sobbing again, watching them talk about the show. It was, but it yeah. was so good. I mean, I'm not alone in that. Everybody loves Shit's Creek right now. So it's, yeah. it's, it's popular, but I just wanted to mention it because Great. the final season came out in 2020. Yeah. And I think that show is important because I think it really made a place for Dan Levy. Oh, it totally did. Like it really, he, oh he, my gosh, the whole family, the whole Levy family. Yeah. He made a name for himself through that. And like, at like not, uh, by in, I'm sorry, not by any means on his father's coattails. Totally, it's like totally. He, that was his. His dad was working for him on that show, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah, and just yeah, getting to see how like brilliant he is was so it was so crazy. Having having him go from somebody who you didn't know at all to like somebody who like created and wrote this show and made it what it is, and all the characters that played into it, and like the way he plays himself. But not like obviously a, a like dramatized version of himself. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, they show a lot of stuff in this special about what that show meant to a lot of communities and different people and like the comfort that it brought and like the understanding and like um, I love it's beautiful. Love great. It. You know, it's, now Loved it's it. really weird to say, but uh, yeah, I tried to watch it twice now and I just couldn't get into it. So. I have a hard time with that, but it's okay. <laughs> it's I know. Okay. I know it's not your cup of tea. Yeah. No. And I, I can see how somebody might not gravitate towards it i i like that's not completely lost on me i mean again i think it's hilarious but that is a more or less my humor i guess yeah um okay did you watch any now we're bringing in the comic book yeah television yeah i don't really have too many other honorable mentions for tv like i watched a bunch of stuff but but is that this it was david same as your quarantine no we're gonna get to that later we'll get to that after oh okay We'll get to this after that. After we'll get to that after this section, which okay, is comics. comic television. Yeah. Did you watch any or or um, I think I sent you some stuff that was rated. If you television. did or didn't, no pressure. I don't think I did. I think okay. I. What would? Well, you watch the boys. Yeah. Well, what else would there? What else is there? There's a. There's a few. There's a. I don't know, Walking Dead for The Walking Dead. There's oh that kind of stuff. I, don't, I, I was thinking like a Marvel or a DC. No, I didn't watch anything. Yeah, there's the, the, the Harley boys. Quinn animated series. There's uh, there's a couple of the Swamp Thing and or not no not that but Doom Patrol season two. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't watch really any of those. I watched my favorite like one that caught me off guard and actually I thought was so fun that came out pre quarantine so you kind of forget it exists. Lock and Key. Which is actually oh yeah, I never watched that. It is so good. If you're looking for, frankly, a mild horror series, um, mm. it's mild. That's why I say because I can't digest like like frankly, I think Hereditary for the fans is the scariest movie of all time, and I just can't even hang with that. So I'm like I I hate scary movies for the most part. I watch some. Rosemary's Baby is amazing. Anyways, <laughs> um, Signs. Like I said, I don't like horror <laughs> movies. <laughs> Hannah's favorite movie is Signs, <laughs> um, but the. The Lock and Key is actually, fun fact, and written by – this is a year that I delved into horror comics too. Um, it is written by Stephen King's son. But the cool part about him, like the comic is, the cool part about his son is that he doesn't want to go by Joe King. That's his name. He mm-hmm. goes by Joe Hill. And this comic that he wrote, Lock, Lock and Key, is one of the most amazing series I've ever read. Uh, and it is so distinct and it's so scary and sinister and like – 
really well done that when they were they said they were going to adapt it, I was like, I've always wanted to read this series. Now I have my window to go check it out on the show. And that show was so fun. And like, I think all the characters and the acting was really good. I think that they got the super scary villain. Did you read the books? Book books before you watch the Netflix. I always try and I always try and read it before I watch it. Um, I read the first. I read the first two volumes. They actually are now releasing it in like an omnibus form, which is pretty much the entire series in one book, which is how I prefer to read because Mm -hmm. I have it all in front Mm -hmm. of me. Um, Maybe around season two, I'll get back to that. But there is a season two. I I sure hope so. Oh, okay. I think it's been announced. I'm I'm sure. I'll consider it. It was a really good show. It was a Netflix exclusive and. I'm always for obviously comic book content. I'm looking yeah. for more. I feel like we we kind of got the short end of the stick for television this year. We got some yeah. good stuff, but uh, that I really wanted to, that. Obviously, the boys came out. If you want to hear Hannah and I talk about the boys, go check out our episodes on the boys. It's traumatic. Yeah, both of them are. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think Lock and Key actually I, I preferred more because it was very fresh. I kind of uh, forget about that being an option. What? Like like when you when you would send like comic book, TV shows or movies like I I, for, I I in my head I was so like stuck on it having to be like a DC or a Marvel or like a yeah. The Boys or like but I forget that like Walking Dead and so many other things come from graphic novels or exactly. comic books that I was like oh that's yep yeah I should have thought about those because I might have now that I'm thinking about it but there's so much content that know. is based on comics that people just don't know yeah for sure. Let's go into our favorite quarantine television series that we watched. Hannah, you uh, you go first. You already know what I'm going to say. I don't think I do. Yellowstone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, actually, a bunch of people I follow are now everyone's posting about Yellowstone, and I'm just like... Well, I, I was ahead of the trend then. I'm on the wrong side of history right now. Cameron made so much fun of me. I still do. Well, but not as much now because I don't talk about it as much because I'm not... I'm done with it. I finished it. But, like, because of the age group of who he thinks should be watching Yellowstone is, like, senior citizens. Yeah, I'm like, if you're 50, you probably watch Yellowstone after Blue Bloods. That's well, how it goes. That's always been my preferred age group, honestly. I get along well with people <laughs> over 50. I feel loved and welcomed by them. Hannah's more excited to meet her significant other's grandparents than their parents. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, no, Yellowstone is so good. It's not. It's really bad, but it's so good. No, I think I actually I, I disagree with you because I think that the people that watch it are in love with it. Thus, yeah, yeah, but, it is very good. Yeah. But like the writing and the plot lines are like. All I know. Not is, good. This might be spoilers, but I don't think it is. All I know is that there's an episode where like someone gets shot or something, but they have no vet the and they, they take him to like a horse vet and I'm like, what the heck? Is mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. lost me. <laughs> like, well, daddy, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Actually preferred starts z- and ends zaddy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, for, but he's actually not the star of the show. In my opinion, his son is good. Good. I don't know. And, and the I character mean, he's definitely the star of the show, oh. but I'm like who I'm more attracted to. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I'm like, I like, I like Kevin Costner. I think he's good. I don't know. Field of Dreams. Man of Steel. Kevin Costner is incredible. Yeah. I'm like, he, he's frankly, I don't know. His I'd, body of work is great. Top notch. Yeah. I'd say it's, there's more bad than, or no, I'm sorry. There's more, more good, good than, than bad. bad yeah. yeah. And I would put Yellowstone in the good. Good. Yeah. And, and honestly, when you can get a premiere star like that for like a television series, right. like most people should, in my opinion, watch those series. I mean, you're not wrong about the age group because the only reason I was able to watch it, because you have to buy it. It's not unless you have, I don't even know, show. I don't know actually what it's on, but it's on Amazon Prime if you pay for each season. Yeah. And I would have never really, but my parents had. And so I was able to like get onto their Amazon and watch it because they had watched it and all their friends were watching it, which <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's a Hannah's at the backyard barbecue hanging out with the dads talking Yellowstone <laughs> flipping beer flipping meat. <laughs> oh my god, ideal. <laughs> She's wearing those new balances. You guys know the ones. <laughs> I have one of the aprons with the girls in bikinis on. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. You're like, tell me about it, Jeff. Like, that's you. Most lawns for fun. Like <laughs> It's relaxing. Uh, okay, my favorite show during quarantine. I don't know if you watch this. Hulu also just kills it for TV. I just yeah. want to make that's this episode for television. They're, they do a surprisingly, and FX too. It's this, well, uh, yeah. This isn't an FX show, but like FX on Hulu, you know. So I watch it there most of the time. 
Um, and actually, so sad to have it already have been canceled. High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz. Oh, you! I never finished that. Oh my god! I watched the first like two episodes. High Fidelity. I think, and I talked about it for my fans on the Selena's Big Score Catwoman episode with my friend Lauren Vera, who also watched it. Um, I think that. Zoe Kravitz in that show is number one, the coolest television character of all time. And I just mean that in all. That's high praise. I just think she's so cool. It's just like she's the coolest ever. But it's there's also some humanity there that makes her more grounded and relatable because Mm -hmm. she's a very imperfect character. Mm -hmm. So um, to have her like that and have her on was so cool. It really it really convinced me that she could be Catwoman. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really, in my opinion, because she's in stuff, but I don't know. She hasn't had major roles in my experience with her. Uh, her ability to make a, make her name for herself. Yeah. Uh, apart from yeah. who her parents are was very awesome. And, like, I think that show also just has great music. It's what you want out of a show, too. Like she, It's a Cameron show. It is. I'm like, it's kind of got all the things that you... Yeah. Really like. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm going to be honest. She had a pair of white Cortezes. I got a pair of white Cortezes for Christmas. Yeah. Was it because of her? Probably. Most likely. Do I want to be that basic? No. Am I? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. I didn't need that agreement from Hannah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think High Fidelity, it's it's also just a great show. And for my people that care about, I don't know, minorities. But people didn't, so people didn't really like it, so I didn't get. No, it just, I think. It, I don't think Disney picked it back up, like because they, they were they acquired Disney, Disney acquired Hulu because oh, Hulu was owned right, by Fox, right, 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 and so right. I don't know if they just it I think, just it just in the cuts didn't make it. And also, frankly, I think that it's almost like I I love Master of None too. It's like a very mm-hmm. similar kind of show. Uh, I think that that one season was just perfect on its own too. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need another. They don't need you could end it right there. Did it there. end on a cliffhanger or anything where like you need a second and they just canceled it or did it wrap up decently? It's not a cliffhanger ending for sure, but it's like not all the pieces are picked back up. So but you could have done it. You could you definitely could have done season 2 and kind of like really leaned into it, but I'm okay that it didn't. I'm like really yeah. I'm I think the way that her arc ended was perfect mm-hmm. for her, and so mm-hmm. we. So I'm I'm fine with it, and like I can have one per. I'd rather have you know one perfect season of a show totally. than you know s- six with some okay mm-hmm. or bad seasons. You know. Did you ever watch Fleabag? I did watch it during quarantine because that was my runner up for quarantine. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, that's a good honorable mention. Yeah. I love. I think Phoebe Waller Bridge. Uh, I just don't think I'm the intended audience for that. So some of the jokes were lost on me. Yeah. I think that's a great show for women. And I think that I think I'm the intended audience for that. I think for that show too, like it both shows is I, I, I love that we're seeing a change in culture for autonomous female characters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm like, they're not subservient to uh, the plot of a man or something like they are just going and living their lives on their terms and it's refreshing and it's it great. Is, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm such a fan. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm so glad I that we're having all those things. Yeah, we're having content like that. All righty. So I think it's about time to get into. Let's actually do our favorite album. So okay. Hannah and I listen to music. We listen to actually pretty. I don't know. I won't. I don't want to say a lot of the same music, but we listen to similar. It overlaps quite a bit. Yeah, it's more often than not. Um. So I think that. Anyways, we're gonna talk about our favorite music. And actually, what's written on my notes and what I actually, I think, is my favorite album is different. So, Hannah, no matter what, I'm going to let you go first. So I make <laughs> okay. sure I get mine right. Uh, this category was by far, I think, the we had the most to choose from. Because movies and TV, like we said, it was a little bit more limited uh, than yeah. 2020 was supposed to be in the like what was like slotted to come out and stuff. But then, like, with albums, I was like, oh, that one. Oh, wait, that one. Uh, like, people, I mean, movie, music was released, like. All year long. Yeah, all year long. So I ended up picking one that I completely forgot about until like a month ago. And then I remembered how much I listened to it like the first half of 2020, which is Circles by Mac Miller. Was that – 
January 17th was the release date. Oh, no way. That's a I love Mac Miller. I love Mac Miller, and I loved that album. I don't know that it was like my... Well, yeah, it might have been one of my... Actually, it might have been my favorite album from him in general, but I loved it, and I picked that one as my favorite because... I listened to it so much in the beginning and then like kind of took a break and was just listening to other stuff. And then I would like, I kept revisiting it all year long. And I feel like that's like a good foundation for why you would pick something is if like I can consistently come back to it and yeah. then be like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. I'm gonna listen to it all over again. And then I would go through another phase of it. And then I, I, that happened in like December. I was like, Oh, I forgot about this album. And I put it on and I was listening to it all the time. And then I realized it was 2020, and I was like, "Perfect! I'm that's going to be my pick." Because yeah. originally, like we had said, it was going to be "Run the Jewels 4." Was yeah, was both of ours it's, at first. That is more than an honorable mention on this episode. Yeah, it'll probably get a whole issue. Get its its own yeah. discussion. Um, but that's why I switched. Was I remembered how much I've actually listened to that one in 2020? And so that's and it was such a it was just such a good album. Yeah, yeah, and it, I don't know. I haven't listened to it, but. That's good. I honestly, ooh, his, if anyone needs some really, really, really great content, go check out his Tiny Desk concert right before he died. So good. It is hauntingly beautiful. I, know. I think he is, though. Just Everything. Him? I think, he, well, him, but like all of his music, I yeah. think is hauntingly beautiful. Especially now. It's like, uh, like, it's, yeah, Rolling Stone, I think, I don't know if, it's not the first, that first album. It's the one with 2009 on it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the one released before this. The Divine Feminine? I don't know. It's him sitting against a white wall. Okay. I was listening to it definitely before 2020. Yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, I just, like, I didn't really like him. And then everyone's like, I watched that concert and I was like, oh, it's pretty good. So I started listening to the tunes from the concert and Rolling Stone or someone defined that album as like, you can see his maturity as an artist since he started. It's yeah. Swimming. Swimming. Yeah. Hannah looked it up. So thank you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that album was magnificent. So, uh, for every, I, I get why people love Mac Miller, but now my favorite album was, it was originally RTJ four. So run mm-hmm. the jewels four, but my new favorite album is recently released and I'm just obsessed with it. And it is fleet Foxes shore, which oh. is the newest release from fleet Foxes, who was an artist that I loved in high school. I had all his albums uh, Helplessness Blues was really good too. Like I loved that album. Listened to it. He came out with the one in between this one and that one called Crack Up, and it was good. But I just didn't like love it. It yeah. didn't like resonate with me. And so this one, I gave like a really good. You know, sometimes you just got to give albums a good try. You just got to go for it. Listen to it a couple times before you make an opinion. This was one of those, and there's so many songs on it that just kind of like really I don't know. In the way the music does, met me where I was and like mm-hmm. fulfilled that need that I needed from an album and that was it and i'm like oh it is so good and there's uh can i believe you is a great single off that album and then there's another one sunblind that is just my jam right now and it is so so good it's just so quaint and peaceful and nice but then it builds and i love it and it's i don't know it's it just like i was like i knew as i was listening to this i'm like this is definitely the best thing i've heard i haven't heard that one so i'll I'm going to go oh. add it to my list. It like makes me cry. I'm thinking about it. I'm not actually crying, though. He's not. I'm tough. <laughs> I'm sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but now, Hannah, RTJ4. Yeah, RTJ4. Man. Man. It is. Man, oh, man. The most timely ever. Maybe, maybe? ever. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would. I. At least in my lifetime when or we, my experiences. Especially in a genre like hip hop where I feel like. You know, uh, Straight out of Compton is one of those albums where it just dropped, and it's like, this was the right time for this. Uh, and then you have so many you know, artists making albums that you feel like, oh, this is going to be big. Like, I think for – there's a couple artists, but I think for RTJ, RTJ4, when Yankee and the Brave dropped during quarantine, I, I, I swear on my life, I listened to it like two or three times just – yeah, oh yeah. I was oh, like yeah. that one frankly is my favorite song of the album. It was the first one released. I think it is my favorite too. And because that intro it's just like soft and it's like they just hit you hard, hard. in the, in the way that they always do. I know. And it's like Killer Mike and LP the best. Well, they've been like my probably my favorite artist to run to yeah. for a while. 
Um, and then like when that album came out, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to just like put it on and go for a long run and just like yeah. listen to the words. And like for context, why we were saying it was the most timely is it came out June 3rd. I just looked it up. Yes. So I think that they put they put it into words and feelings that reach a lot of diff- a lot of people. Yeah. And then when they did the live performance, the like concert album album concert it was it was a uh, the adult swim i think is like run the vote or something oh that's right because this it was more closer to november when they did yeah. that huh yeah because i'm like oh my gosh this album gets released and I, this is like my, my peak love for run the jewels and i'm like i want to go see them on in concerts so yeah. bad i mean and not to say that the whole thing is like just because it was a like, politically charged i don't think it was i just it, it's a wonderful album yeah but it also was very fitting for what was going on in the world. Yeah, you guys. So it was both. You got to watch that that uh, that concert, that live concert. Oh it's an God. Adult Swim Run the Jewels concert. And they did just watch that rendition of Walking in the Snow. And yeah. it just, it guts you. It does. And in, in, in the way that like, because also this year too, Killer Mike has had a great year. And, and maybe I'm just kind of oblivious to his influence and frankly, pop culture overall. Because... Mm-hmm. He is he's not the I'd say if if I could compare him to a historical figure he's very Malcolm X. He's very much like yeah. He's pro second amendment for African Americans and he's like unapologetic. He's like no this is what's going on and he's so educated and he's like he's just a force of nature. And so to see him now have an artistic outlet to express his it's like you know there's a book for uh, on feminists but I think this is the great term it's eloquent rage. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I think that the way that he literally just lays it all out for us in that album is frankly transcendent. Yeah. And yeah. he, and LP is their, their balance as performers. It's so good. It is. It's so good. And their tracks and everything else. And then on top of it, it's catchy as hell. Like it's a good yeah. album. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it's like, like I was saying, like how I'm not, it's, I don't think it's all just like a fully politically charged. Cause like. They're, they're just their beats are good. Their lyrics are good. Everything is good. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's catchy as hell. And like, also, yeah, like. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, ah, shit. I'm is, gonna, it, is it my favorite? Like now I'm flip, flipping back to it a little gonna, bit. But... We're gonna shelve that for favorite because we gave that more attention than either of our albums. That's true. <laughs> and it's also like I don't know. We when we make up these lists, these are subjective. These are not like you know. We're not saying these are the best ever, but. No. We're saying that we like these the most. Okay, Hannah, so. Wait, can I just mention really quickly? Yeah. That I, this was a very out of left field for me, which is maybe going to surprise Cameron because he probably thinks that I am more into this type of music than I am. But both the Cyrus sisters, Noah Cyrus and Miley Cyrus, (laughs) came out with albums in 2020. And they're so different. The albums are so different. And I did not realize how much I freaking love Noah Cyrus. And, like, you always make fun of me for listening to emo music, which is not. She's very emo. So you can definitely say that I listen to emo music when I listen to her. But a lot of my other music that's not emo, you say, is. She was so emo and it was so beautiful. And her voice and, like, she plays piano and, like, oh, my God, i like, obsessed her album is so good. And then like a month ago or two months ago, Miley Cyrus came out with a new album. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Because I love Miley Cyrus, but I really hate her music typically. And then this album came out and I was like, okay, I'll give it a listen. And I texted it to one of my roommates and I was like, this album is fun. Like that is the only way I can think to describe it. It's very 80s. She's got like Billy Idol on it, Joan Jett on it. And it's such a good time. And I don't love myself for it, but I... I just wanted to mention because it was a big year for them and Noah Cyrus got her first Grammy nominee and I was really excited for her. Mm. But I think if you listen to it, you will be pleasantly surprised. It's definitely not your music because it's emo, but maybe if you're feeling down one day. But it's really, really, really beautiful. Hannah, love you. Mean it. Never going to happen. I know. Okay. So now I wanted to just embarrass myself. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to give her an outlet. She has an outlet. Um, Okay. So do you have a favorite podcast of 2020? I do. What is it? It is Louder Than a Riot. Oh my gosh, really? Yep, NPR is Louder oh, Than a Riot. First episode featuring our favorite, Killer Mike. 
Yes. Well, I I thought that that podcast gave me insight into two worlds mm-hmm. that it, the whole thing is about. It's about tracing the lines of hip hop and mass incarceration and both of those topics it it it's like i i learned so much about hip hop cuz it's really more like underground hip hop culture they don't really talk about i mean they they have um like really successful rappers go on and talk yeah. a, a bit but it, like the storylines that they follow are I, I hadn't heard of a majority of them um and then like i don't know a lot about like the prison system and yeah. I've kind of been slowly starting to learn about that just because of everything in 2020. And I watched a couple of documentaries and I've listened to a couple of podcasts and read some books on it. And like, it's a very, that's, that's a very heavy topic, but this podcast is so well done. And like the stories are incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I sent, I sent one of them to my roommate and I was like, it was about, uh, female, prisons and women going in and out of the prison system and that's women are so often not talked about when it comes to prison and like prison reform and prisons you always hear the stories of the guys and the men who go in and like the brutality and all of that stuff in it and there's not a lot of stories that highlight what happens with women in prisons and then the this particular one was about a pregnant woman and like women who are pregnant when they go into the prison system and it's just it's yeah. it's it's a really good and a very interesting. I think it's t- it's eight episodes or ten maybe. Oh, it's only ten episodes. I should listen to that. It's I'm, short. I've been I mean, they're to. long episodes. They're like yeah. you know an hour to an hour and a half or something. Um, but it was really good. And then I didn't really know much about like NPR's music, like that that category. And like the two people who host this podcast, Louder Than a Riot, are from NPR's music. And like yeah. now I know about those two, and I've been following all their who stuff. Who are they? Um. No, I can't remember their names, oh, of course, but I follow them. I, I followed both of them on Instagram, but I'm just spacing <laughs> on what their names are right now. Um, but there's just, that's like a whole, again, it's just, a, it's just another world or category that I didn't really know a lot about. And now I do. Um, I think that NPR is, NPR is like literally just my favorite platform for most things. So yeah. like a- anything they do, actually, this isn't my favorite podcast, but it's one of them. Um, their their series on like money called Planet Money is actually yeah, it is my absolute like there's nothing that I'm more pleasantly surprised by than that podcast because they have just done they just do deep dives into such weird kind of obscure topics that aren't about money at all like I'm not a frank frankly I'm not a financial or frugal guy I'm not financially minded <laughs> most of the time really like if I'm being honest. Me neither. My girlfriend's basically my sugar mama, and so that's true. She literally told me I've witnessed that firsthand. Oh yeah, she's like Cameron's card gets declined most times, and I'm like, that's because I'm buying comics. So there, <laughs> there's the there's the Cameron reads comics for you. But the with, with that podcast, I am just so pleasantly surprised. I've listened to obviously Serial, S Town, the rest, oh, all of their all of their content is so good. Like even Embedded, I love. Uh, I just love NPR, so you say Invisibilia is like literally one of my favorite oh, podcasts yeah, of all time. Yeah, and so you plugging NPR for that louder than a riot. It's like it's something I know I should listen to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet because also I haven't. I don't have to commute anywhere. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah, really, that's like true. it's hard to get through them. It's hard to get through. Like it I'm takes like, me a while. I don't blame anyone for not listening to my podcast because yeah. you guys should. I don't know. It should be at home or whatever. Like, I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it's a lot harder now. It is. Yeah. And so I'm like, I mean, it was the same for me as ever. Cause I'm still doing the same thing, but I think for other yeah. people, I hear it's harder. I get it. I get it. So going into my favorite podcast of 2020, um, this one actually podcasts are harder than like what was released yeah. this year. But frankly, the one that I realized I love the most, uh, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Really? I, Again, to be pleasantly surprised by someone, um, I listen to a lot, and Hannah knows, but I listen to a lot of, like, interview podcasts of celebrities. Because I love, yeah. like, I love the, the culture surrounding, you know, just pop culture or the yeah. subversive parts, their journeys and everything else. And to look at this guy um, and his, like, hear his take on something, he is, obviously we see him as a personality, mm-hmm. but... He is one of the smartest people I've ever listened to. And he's also, I think, one of the things I like more about him than 
the other ones I listen to is that he is so compassionate, like him being a father and him being in the industry for 20 mm-hmm. years. And then like discussing how he got places like he, he, he went to Harvard. He's from an, uh, you know, a huge Irish family and yeah. you can see really how that's ingrained in him. And you saw how he's like, okay, well I got this job in the Simpsons and then I got this job working for, or I work for us now, work for the Simpsons. And so just like, number one, those stories that you hear from those writers rooms mm-hmm. and his interactions with meeting these people is so like amazing. And then it's just like, is he interviewing other people in each episode? Yeah. He's freaking interviewed Michelle Obama, uh, multiple times he's interviewed because the guests he gets are just amazing. Right. And, Frankly, if we've learned anything from the medium of podcasts, it's that long form content is more interesting. Yeah. Like I'm not, I love, you know, uh, late night and and watching those shows, but it's like you get, you know, five Five to 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, And that's, that's it. And they, they have to make an impression to be able to market their project. They're not doing that on podcasts. You know what I mean? True. I just started listening to, um, Justin Long. He's his podcast. I really like him. I love him. I'm like he ev- interviews Sam Rockwell. Oh my god! Because they've been like best friends for like 20 years. If we don't talk about Sam Rockwell once, then it's it not did, a it's not a true podcast with me on it. Did we even record? Is the <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my! So god. I wanted to. Yeah, that's just gonna. The car ride after this is brain. gonna look like run the jewels and then <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Oh my gosh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's not even on my list of all. Number one actor of all time, not even 2020 and beyond. I really tried to watch Moon by now because Jared put me on blast in the in the <laughs> other one. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to watch it and then I'll redeem myself when mm-hmm. I go back on. And they took it off of like every streaming platform. That's the best. And now I'm like, is he worth $4? Of course. Have I paid it? No. I'm like, <laughs> am, am I, <laughs> do I have $4 to give? That's what I asked myself. Then I'm like, I'm like, Girlfriend, will you buy me this movie? <laughs> um, you guys didn't know this is actually my album. This <laughs> okay, but yeah, no. Conan O'Brien needs a friend, and it, I'm gonna listen to that. I'm excited. It is on, and he has great guests. He's just so interesting, and his takes, and also like, it's completely 110 percent my humor. Like, yeah, belly hard belly yeah. laughs from me. Like, mad chuckles coming from my direction at that podcast. Okay, well now we got we're winding down, so I guess for Hannah it's one more category, for Cameron it's two more categories. So what when it comes to movies, Hannah and I love movies, and just so you know, we're not we're gonna be talking about movies again later because Hannah actually inspired me to go through all of the uh, Oscar nominations for Best Picture. So I do my best to make them make it through each each year, watch, so that watch I can them have all. a well-rounded opinion when yeah. you pick the winner. Yeah, exactly. If I disagree or agree. And it's also like, oh, how people, people are saying these are good movies. I yeah. want to go see what the good movies are, right? I'll like, usually try to do best actor, best actress, and then best picture. Like oh all gosh. of those movies. And there's but crossover. a lot of the times they, yes, and most of the time they overlap. So it's not that hard to do. Yeah. Um, so there, I was going to say there are a few that I didn't really bring up because I know we're going to end up talking about them in the Oscars one. Yeah. So I like, like Tenet and those. And so I was like, I know we're going to bring that up at some point because yeah. it's going to be an Oscar movie. We'll watch likely. those. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll do a full mm-hmm. episode on, uh, the Oscar nominations yeah. and like, but pre Oscars. So you guys yeah. can yeah, yeah, hear yeah. our thoughts before, you know, the results come out. Um, so just know that going into this. So this is a subjective, our favorite movie that came out in mm-hmm. 2020 that we watched, mm-hmm. not informed by that at all. So, And separate from the quarantine watch. Yep. Right? And then that's a different thing entirely, too. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Hannah, what was your favorite um, movie of 2020? My favorite movie of 2020, which might also get brought up for the Oscars, I'm not sure, but Trial of Chicago 7. Oh, my gosh. That's mine. I had a feeling. I was like, I'm pretty sure we're going to pick the same one. Because we loved it. And we talked about it for a while after we both watched it. Again... Well, no, also, not not a huge ton of movies came out this year. No, they really... I had a hard time finding ones that I actually had seen or liked. And a lot of the ones that came out, I was like, why are these all, like, horror movies? Yeah, yeah. Right. scary movies came out in 2020. I'm like, not what we needed this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, okay, well, let's break it down. Why? I mean, writing, acting, story, music. Okay, literally, like, one, two... One of those or two of those are almost the same, go hand in hand. The director was the writer. He's frankly, I'd argue the, and I'm not the only one, the greatest writer in Hollywood, Aaron Sorkin. Thank you. I was like, I'm. I know I looked him up right afterwards, and I couldn't remember his name. Yep. Literally, and like, and that's, 
that's the reason I watched the movie, frankly, is because it was written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Really? That's what I think I was drawn in by the cast. Great. Because every, well, every sure single rec- character on there, I, or actor, I was like, I love you. I love you. I haven't seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt in forever. Oh, finally. And I was yeah. like, here we go. Where have you been? And then Eddie Redmayne. It is so stole like. Stole my heart in Les Mis. The- <laughs> Kept it ever since. <laughs> I'm like, please give it back. <laughs> like, but um, uh, like, honestly, I think he it was just a master class. On all it was because it. it's also that that movie while it could have been like very uh complicated and like you know we could have been held down by legalese we weren't and it was dynamic and it was mm-hmm. fun and there's a lot going on and all of the actors were, were like so and, and the characters were so distinct and oh yeah you saw all of their motivations and why they felt that way frank langella the the uh judge ama- oh yeah perfect villain yeah well, and the other thing, too, that, like, we were saying is, like, Sasha Bear Cohen is, like, I didn't know that he had that in him because mm-hmm. I hadn't really seen. I mean, I knew he had range. Again, lame is. But <laughs> I didn't know he had, like, that serious and, like, so, like, just so well. He played that guy, yeah. Abby, like, so, so, so good. And then, like, his his character and then Jeremy Strong's character, the yeah. the, like, the two, like, more, like, hippie ones. Um, Jeremy Strong's is in succession and he's like, what is it method acting? Is that what it's called? Probably. When they're like, when they like are when immersed. They beca- yes. Yeah. Like, and he's, he, that's how he is. And, um, but like watching his role as that character and then like just knowing him so well from succession and like his, the way he plays both of those characters, but the way he like showed up in Chicago, I was like, this is, this is just. This is the best. This is the best thing I've ever seen. And again, um, a movie similar to Renzo's Four uh, that just hit it, it. It came out at the perfect time. Yeah, it you, did. You know what I mean? It, but well, it, I didn't know that story either. Nobody, I, I, I didn't. So that was, I don't know. I love when you get to see little glimpses of like the history in the past that you don't, that you hadn't known or that they hadn't told. Yeah. And like you talk about, a dy- you get a dynamic storyteller to be able to share that right. story. You know, he was amazing. And so Aaron Sorkin's Trial of Chicago 7, it was just so good. And it was really go watch it on yourself. It's a Netflix exclusive release. Yeah. Um, You don't want to miss it. Also, I think in acquiring that movie, they got a bunch of his other movies on Aaron Sorkin's uh, mm. movies on, on Netflix. Netflix. So it's like Moneyball. It's, uh, I don't know, Social Network, I felt like, was on every platform. So I'm sure it's yeah, still on. Yeah, that was. West Wing's on Netflix. Go watch that. That was and I'm like I said, I'm sure it'll get brought back up for the Oscars because I, from what I've read, it's oh. it's somewhere in there between the acting, directing, writing, and movie. I think it's yeah. going to be nominated for some stuff. So and also go watch Molly's Game because that's his first directorial debut. Yeah. It's that great. Was good. That was I, good. I love Jessica Chastain. Oh, that was a quarantine watch. Yeah, that was his. That's Aaron Sorkin. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so okay, in the last or I guess not last for you. Well, my but last category. Favorite movie of quarantine, Hannah. What what was it? Okay, well the quick it's not my favorites, but I have to say that I I made it through the Wes Anderson movies. I had only seen like two prior to quarantine and I made it through the rest, which I was really proud of myself for doing and really enjoyed all of them. Mm-hmm. Um but my my favorite movie of quarantine <laughs> is Jumanji. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what the The new Jumanji. Wait, like the like, rock? Is that the it's the it's the it's like the the newest one. Well, there's two. I know. I watched them both, obviously. Obviously. But the two new, yeah, the first, the first new one, like so, not Robin Williams. Yeah. Freaking fantastic. Really, I feel like you were the only one who feels that way. I don't know about that. I I heard the first one of that series was really good, like surprisingly good. But then this one, I heard it wasn't that great. Not that I've seen either. The of them. second one, I thought obviously is never as good as the first, and like in any movie ever. But I thought the second one held its own just fine. Great. But the first one, I was in tears. I will. I mean, I think we. I think we watched it twice. Like actually. laughing. My, yes. Oh my god! It was the. It was so funny, and so I think also why it was so good is it was just so like there was nothing to it was just really good entertainment it did i didn't have to think about it it wasn't like was the directing good was the writing good was this good it was just like this is freaking hilarious we're quarantined i want to laugh and that made me laugh a lot yeah no i don't i don't disagree Fond memories attached to it for sure and i mean it was a hit at my house like 
me and both my roommates, oh my god, we loved it. Great. We were like, tomorrow night, let's rent the second one. Oh, baby, we, we, we back. We're getting pizza and we're watching Jumanji too. <laughs> and we did. Hell yeah. Um, do you have any honorable mentions for film? Uh, for quarantine? No, I mean, Wes Anderson was anything that, was that I mean, you made me watch There Will Be Blood and I hated it. <laughs> so I can honorably mention how much I couldn't stand that one. That's a not so honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit into my category of movies. This is what I realized is my theme about what I don't like about yeah. movies and TV shows is if there's if it's just like if it's bloody, if it's violent, if it's grotesque, if it's cringy and there's no redemption, I, I can't do it. Like I need there to have been a reason or a storyline or yeah. something that comes out of how horrendous certain people are in certain things. And I get that sometimes people yeah. are horrendous and there is no redemption in them and in life. And that's OK, too. But I don't want to watch it in TV because I'm a sissy. Yeah. OK. Well, I think I think more because I'm like it's not quite bloody. It's not like you know a lot of the reasons okay, you listed. Yeah, but the scene where he beats him to death at the end. Yeah, but, but I didn't think that was like grotesque. I just thought that that was okay. I have a hard time. Also, maybe I haven't mentioned this before. I if I'm gonna watch anything that's like super violent, I the the hardest thing, which has always been people like beating up other people, like the hand, like like. Yeah, yeah. Swords, guns, honestly, don't really bother me. Yeah. It's like when you watch somebody beat somebody to death on like a movie, I like that's like that's my I can't do it. It's so it's so gross. Yeah. Okay. Um and then mine is my movie from quarantine. Actually, I found out is a comic book film and Hannah and I talk a lot about my like who our favorite directors are. We've had a lot of conversations, like hours worth of conversations. Hours. And I think that my favorite director has since changed. I used to be a Paul Thomas what? Anderson guy. Oh. And now my number one director is Sam Mendes. And it is because of Road to Perdition. I thought you were going to say you changed from Sam Mendes. And I was like, whoa. No, I, I told her. I had to eventually. I like late Sam at, Mendes has been your guy for a couple months now. Late at night, I texted Hannah and I was like, it's Sam Mendes. Because <laughs> well, literally, I've been rewatching some of his old movies. And I've, you know, I. And it was Road to Perdition. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the one that I think I remember you. Yeah. That was the first one that you texted me, like, freaking out about. I was like, this movie. Yeah, I'm bad friend alert. But I was like, this movie is so good. Like, I just don't know. It just amazed me. And, and for anyone who wants to watch the new CW Superman and Lois show uh, featuring Tyler Hoechlin, he's in this. He's the son. So the new Superman on television is the son in Road to Perdition. So there's some more comic Wait, fun Road to Perdition is a comic book movie? It's based on a comic. I, oh. I, I think the comic's called Road to Perdition, but it is – it's, like, super indie. Like, I'd never heard of it, and this movie came out in 2002, so it's not, like, super obviously yeah. new. Um, but it was amazing, and it just this – it's – I love – I've been on the Sopranos kicks. I love mobster movies, and, like, yeah. I love a lot of that s stuff and culture surrounding it. And so it's, like, early America mobster movie – but then it meets Lone Wolf and Cub kind of vibe because it's a father protecting his son from, you know, impending doom. Hannah, if you need another reason, Jude Law is in it. He's the villain. Oh, you should have told me that. He's amazing. Should, should have led with. I feel like they... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, Hannah, Tom Hanks is in it, like America's Treasure, but also Jude Law's in it. Hannah's like, oh God, whoa. Tom Hanks. Uh, and it's just literally a beautiful story about a father and his son and the lengths that a father will go to protect his... Against all odds, the length the father will go to protect his child. And it is so beautiful, so beautifully crafted. I just, the, I, frankly, I liked this movie. It was my favorite movie I watched all year, mm -hmm. but it didn't come out in 2020. So, right. And it, it really sealed because when you look at Sam Mendes' body of work, I'm just like. Yeah, but it was during quarantine, so it fits yeah. in this category. I am, will gladly share. Yeah. Um, so we got Red to Perdition for that one. Now, for me, my favorite comic book movie of 2020. Um, frankly, there's like literally three released, so right. it's, it was a tough call, but I think my favorite comic movie was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, or it's oh. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Um, if you want to hear my thoughts on Wonder Woman 84, there's going to be an episode on that in two weeks. Uh, yeah, but I think this one was the one that also, again, caught me off guard. Most yeah. surprising, uh, Pulp, that is surprising. Pulp Fiction esque, but it also leaned into some of my favorite characters. Like, mm -hmm. if you guys want to know about my comic journey, I freaking love Chuck Dixon and Birds of Prey is a Chuck Dixon team. And they leaned into Black Canary, they leaned into Huntress. And I, 
I think I have a I it's not even I think I have a fat celebrity crush on Journey Smollett who is uh Black Canary. She's in Temptation also. I watched that movie and I tried to relike it. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> relike it. I was like, what happened here? Tyler Perry. But um I love Tyler Perry. Um yeah, no, so that's my favorite comic book movie. It was really good, but I there's not too much to go on because frankly we Because we didn't get a lot of what we yeah, get. and I'm like, I'm sure if some other things came out this year, I would have liked those more. So probably would have liked Black Widow. And now for some of that sweet, sweet comic goodness, um, this was a tough category to go over because there's so many comics that I read in 2020. I did, I couldn't even put in a favorite quarantine series. Uh, I broke it up into two categories. Number one, I have my favorite ongoing comic book series that I read, and then number two, I have my favorite graphic novel. So for my number one. You guys probably know this. It's probably no surprise. My number one comic I read this year was Thor by Donny Cates. It is one of the most magnificent series I've ever read. Uh, Donny really reinvented the God of Thunder and made him so accessible to everyone. So I am so excited to have, to read that series every single week. And especially at the time of this recording, he uh, he brought back a character from Thor's history. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is an amazing choice, and everything he's doing with that book uh, and tying it into the Marvel Universe is just good, fun, bombastic, exciting comic book glory. I love that series. It is my absolute favorite. So, actually, really, like I implore you guys to go pick it up. And also, do you see what these issues are going for? I'm like, they are so... There's so much money. So go pick those up. And next is my favorite graphic novel of the year. My favorite graphic novel of the year is undoubtedly Firepower Prelude, which is kind of a cop-out because we did an episode on it. But I thought Firepower was one of the best series introductions I've ever read. Robert Kirkman and Chris Somney and Matt Wilson are firing on all cylinders. They are amazing. So... For graphic novels, I just thought that was something that was just cool. I think the the idea and the the execution of the idea was so neat. I thought that uh, Matt Wilson, Chris Somney together, their artwork was so beautiful. Um, I thought that everything that was brought to the table, uh, Robert Kirkman's writing as well, was just fantastic. And so, look no further than that series if you're if you're trying to get into indie comics and if you really want to know i think episode five of cameron reads comics is on uh that series so go check out firepower you're going to hear me talk about it in real time um all of the choices they made i'm a huge fan of i look forward now it's an ongoing series but i thought that there weren't too many issues released thus far or that i've read uh, i don't know if i'm caught up on the series or not but the direction that they're taking this series, I think that I will like it as much as I liked Invincible. So I want you guys to go check that out because it is so, so good. There's a lot of good comics this year. So um, make sure to go check that out. I think it is a great one. And I think we it's, it's a series that we are going to be talking about for years to come. All right. So that is what we got for our year 2020. We nailed it. Hannah. You, I'm so glad you came by to hang out so with us. So glad you had me back. Now, really quick, for my listeners that are still here, I have a huge announcement for the channel, for the Cam Reads Comics channel. Um, a couple. Number one, we wanted to start the new year with some comics, so I have a bonus episode for you guys with my friend Reagan Sickle going over Superman's Secret Origin. I think this episode drops at 8 a.m. I made that episode drop at 9 a.m. So you have a, if you want to go listen to me for another you know 25 minutes i got a short episode of camerade's comics for you in the in the Double can feature it is and then the biggest announcement is today january 6th the cameron reads comics youtube channel has dropped and i have made specific video content for you guys this this doesn't mean the podcast is going anywhere podcast is here weekly as usual um but just, today you just get more cameron yeah you get more cameron and more comics uh I'm giving you short-form content on YouTube, long-form content on the podcast. So that is literally – this episode is available on YouTube right now. So all the back catalog of Cameron's Comics is on YouTube, and we are so glad to have you guys. Yeah, and then also I'm going to stop providing summaries to in order to meet <laughs> this demand. I'm going to stop providing summaries, uh, and then 
my last announcement is thank you. Or my last announcement is stay tuned next week for we have Jesse Watson coming back for The Vision by Tom King and uh, Gabriel you get to Walter. Back with your partner in crime. You know, I'm not liking this passive aggressive attitude. <laughs> Um, Hannah, thank thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you again later. Bye. Bye.